0: Beginning of the year of our Lord, 2023, in our secular calendar, there's a lot today on the church's calendar which coincides with that. So uh, we are celebrating the eighth day of Christmas and traditionally in the church, great feasts could not be contained in a single day. So there's what's called an octave or eight days. Uh, Also too, Pope Paul VI uh, decided that today would be a day we would celebrate the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, an ancient title of hers, In the earlier calendars of the church, this day was the feast of the circumcision of the Lord and of the naming, the holy name of Jesus. And Paul VI also has has declared this first day of each year as a day of prayer for, for peace, for world peace. And I think that first reading connects with that because it's this beautiful priestly blessing which God instructed Aaron and those priests who had come after him to pray over the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. Now, when Moses, when Aaron and and the, and the other priests after him would say that, for at least several centuries, they wouldn't say it just as we heard it. You notice when you look in your Bibles in the Old Testament, oftentimes you'll see the word Lord in capital letters. That's because the written text, that's not what it says. The written text says the name that God gave to Moses, of his own name, which is Yahweh. And so in the beginning, the priest would have said, Yahweh bless you and keep you. Over time, Jews developed a great sensitivity with the use of that word. In fact, people would not say it. And it came to where only the, the high priest in the temple, once a year on the feast of Yom Kippur, would pronounce this holy name of God, Yahweh. And the name is a mysterious name, which is full of, full of uh, deep meaning that we can't, we can't completely comprehend. So what does it mean, Yahweh? It means, I am who am. Moses asks your name, and he says, I am who am. And so God's very uh, essence is existence, that God is the only being who is absolute in his existence. It didn't come from anything else. And all other beings share we all share, all, all, the, all the universe, all the angels, uh, share in God's own being. That's how we, we have our existence. This, was a, this idea, I am is, is suggests the otherness and the transcendence of God. But it was believed that through the invocation of the name over the people that God, this transcendent God, would be close to his people. So Jesus, as a Jewish boy, gets circumcised on the eighth day and that's when he is given his name. Now, I don't know how it works beforehand. If they just call him baby X or not. No, I don't know. So, but on the eighth day, he's officially given... Remember, the name was announced to Mary and Joseph by the angel, which would be Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. So this mysterious I am who am transcendent God becomes truly present to us in the person of Jesus. He comes to ransom us from sin and death and to make us sons and daughters of God. And so in our second reading, Paul says that as proof of this, we have received the spirit in our spirit so that we can cry out to God, Abba, Daddy. Now this great gift came to us through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mothers are so good that God had to have one. The Mother of God is a title that was used for Mary from the early centuries of the church, but what happened was there became a controversy in the 5th century. There was a bishop named Nestorius who re- he rejected that title. He said, no, God can't have a mother. Mary is the mother of Jesus, or Mary is the mother of the human nature of Jesus. And there was a big council a gathering of the bishop's to settle this question, and they affirmed the title Mary, Mother of God. They said, Jesus is one divine person who takes on a human nature, but that a mother is not mother of a nature, but mother of a person. So it is fitting for us to call Mary the mother of God. And what a mother God chose for himself. She has so many virtues that we can reflect on and hopefully emulate. Humility, chastity, obedience, piety, faith, hope, and charity. But in our gospel today it focuses on one quality of Mary which I also think is very worthy of our imitation. That is her contemplativeness. So Luke tells us that after the birth of Jesus and the visit of the shepherds it says that Mary kept these things in her heart. I think most of us have the recognition that mothers... Remember things from when we were young, and they'll tell us the stories later. At least in my experience, mothers remember them better than fathers. And uh, I remember, for example, you know, my mom will tell different stories from when I was little, and it's been a while since I was little, right? So she still remembers. And um, she says, one time we were, they were at Sunday mass, I was two or three years old, and I decided to run into the sanctuary in the middle of mass, and people were. <gasps> And everyone was wondering what the priest was going to do. And the priest, he said, pick me up. And he quoted Jesus. He said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And he walked me back and handed me back to my mom. So that's mothers do that. And Mary, you know, our gospel is from Luke, right? So Luke sat down with Mary. And she was telling him, these stories about the birth of Jesus and the circumstances surrounding it, how the shepherds had come and visited them and, and told, told Mary and Joseph about the announcement of the angel. But it's more than just remembering, like recalling. It is an actual pondering and it is a cherishing. You see, after they, after they begin their life in Nazareth when Jesus was a little boy, for a good almost 30 years, their life is very ordinary. Okay? Jesus was not walking around the house doing miracles, okay? Um, he wasn't, you know, uh, speaking at age one in full sentences. Um, their life was very ordinary. So, so Joseph made a living as a craftsman, as a builder, carpenter. Mary would take care of the home and prepare the meals and probably make clothes and do all those things. And so, so it might be where, where Mary might almost forget, you know, that... Well, Jesus is your identity, and so she, But she, she didn't forget because she kept these things in her heart. There's a popular song, uh, "Mary, Did You Know?" And the answer to most of those questions, if you read the scriptures, is yes. She did. No, uh, a lot of what her son would do, not all of it, but um, but also too, she she had to. She knew because she had been keeping in her heart the extraordinary events of his conception and of his birth. Mothers have a gift of being able to see us as we were when we were children. No matter how big we get, they can remember us when we were adorable and vulnerable. And I think this is why even like someone who's done something terrible, even even murderers, that their mothers still love them, even when everyone else hates them. So I think one of our New Year's resolutions can be to to be like Mary and keep important things in our heart by, by pondering them and cherishing them. So important things that are in the Bible, that's what we should do. We meditate on things in the Bible, on important things in our big family history as the church, lives of saints, but also, too, in our own personal histories. This is why one of the best prayers we can do is just to put ourselves in the presence of God For 10-15 minutes and and remember what happened that day or the day before. And the things to give God thanks for. The the things that that showed us that God was present in our life. And so this is really important for us to do. Because oftentimes, in the craziness of the world and the busyness of our lives we can forget. Truths that were once very clear to us. That God is real. That he loves us that there's in fact this whole amazing invisible reality there's a great drama, truth that this other person has dignity being made the image and likeness of God. Now Jesus when he was on the cross gave his mother to us as our mother when he says to the beloved disciple behold your mother and, to, and behold your son he says to her, right? And this is a a truth again that we have believed—the title Mary, Mother of God—but also that Mary has been our mother because of that that gift. And this was something that was beautifully affirmed by God through Mary's appearance in Mexico back in the 16th century, under the title Our Lady of Guadalupe. So we just celebrated that feast a couple weeks ago, but it was on December 9th in 1531 where, this is shortly after the Spaniards had come to the Aztec Empire, had conquered it, and uh, there was a, one of the few indigenous people that had converted, his name was Juan Diego, he was walking on his way to Mass, and he's listening to the birds singing, and all of a sudden the singing stops, and he sees a beautiful young woman bathed in golden beams of the sun. She calls him by name, and she says to him, My dear little son, I love you. I want you to know who I am. I am the Virgin Mary, mother of the one true God, of him who gives life. He is the Lord and creator of heaven and earth. She asked him to go to the bishop so, and to build a church at that place where she was, had appeared. He was, he was afraid to do so. She assured him, she said, I am truly your merciful mother, your mother and the mother of all who dwell in this land and of all mankind." And after this, you know, the Spanish missionaries had very, very few converts for for years. But after this, 8 million people became Christians. Through this revelation, of God through Mary. Just as God comes into the world through Christ in the beginning, so too this whole, all the, uh, all the people in, in, the, in, the, in the Americas now were, were able to receive this gift through, through Mary. She is our mother. She is able to see us as little children. She is able to see Jesus in us. And through her prayers, many graces are obtained. And because the Word, the eternal Son of God, becomes flesh through the Virgin Mary, and we are able to call God our Father. And God's mother becomes our mother. Yesterday, Pope Benedict XVI died, and uh, I'm going to re- share something, I think, through our parish communications later. He, he had a big influence on my life. His writings are, uh, are amazing. I think he is the greatest... Uh, theologian Pope in the history of the church, in terms of the, the breadth of his knowledge and his insight. And I just want to, uh, in remembrance of that, share with, share with you one of, one of the quotes that he has about Mary, which was from 2005. Looking at Mary, how can we, her children, fail to let the aspiration to beauty, goodness, and purity of heart be aroused in us? Her heavenly splendor draws us to God, helping us to overcome. The temptation to live a mediocre life composed of compromises with evil and directs us decisively towards the authentic good that is the source of joy.